Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to another episode of Hockey the Podcast. It's episode number 53. It's actually amazing that I'm getting to say those words. We keep on blowing ourselves away by uh, the amount of podcasts we have managed to produce produce over the last year and a half. Uh, And it just gets bigger and better. I am completely biased. I'm Derek Alberts, of course. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard. Tyron, how are you doing? Yeah, Derek, good afternoon. uh, Morning? Morning? Yeah, still morning. I'm just going to say good. Good, Derek. (laughs) Good, Derek. Good one. Um... Yeah, welcome to episode 53. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, we're quickly moving away from the 50 and then doing something a bit different today. So it should be uh, a good bit of fun. Yeah, uh, our last episode was titled Just Julius. I think this time around we can title it simply Shiloh. What do you reckon? Are you and your alliteration? Absolutely. I mean, look, over, over the course of the the 52 episodes so far we've we've had a commitment that we would focus on hockey and so that means people who are in the business of hockey people who are players people who are administrators people who are uh, officials and of course today we've branched out a little bit differently as well because uh, we've got Shadow Ramblin uh, who's currently one of the trainers for the SA Women's Indoor side alongside Lenny Boitier who also assists with the, the Raiders team he is a, 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 a jack of all trades and he's also beaten me in a game of golf. So I felt all of those things were important to get him on the show. So it is just simply Shiloh. Shiloh, welcome to the show. Although uh, I've got to be honest, when Tyron puts you in, in that bracket with a, a group of people that beat him, uh, that have beat him on the golf course, I think that's quite a, quite a large group of people. So you... you it's not a unique position to be in, although I'm not in that group, I've got to be honest, but uh, many others are. Welcome to the show, Shiloh. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, I definitely think we need a rematch, Jabu. Um, even though I did beat you, I still don't think I was at my best, so I'm, ha- I'm happy to take your money again. And, and I'm, I'm keen for a rematch when uh, we get to both play with our own clubs, because I'm that's sure... Also, that- that's also very true, yeah. Agreed. That's what Coach uh, Lenny Butter was was doing he made sure he played us on foreign territory with different clubs and, um, and, I, and I definitely think that one of either you and I or I need to score I, I don't know if I trust the <laughs> scoring so much <laughs> uh, uh, well, what, 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 what was quite cool is that uh, AJ the assistant coach was playing at uh, his home course with his home clubs and if I'm not incorrect both of us ended on top of him at least Yes, the small victories that that we've got to we've got to count when we're playing away from home. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, Shara, obviously this is a hockey podcast, and and your life has become very very integrated with hockey over the past couple of years. So uh, tell us a little bit about your hockey, um, your hockey story. Um, I could go back to I think my school days. Um. For me, I played cricket and hockey. Those were my two sports. Um, got into sort of got to grade eleven, matric, and realized that if I wanted to make some some money, I needed to play cricket. Um, so hockey took a bit of a backseat. I still played provincially, um, and after school, um, did a gap year where I, I went over to play cricket and played a little bit of hockey. So it's always been a sport that I've been passionate about and and, and enjoyed watching, enjoyed playing. 
um, it just it had to take a back seat um, in order for me to try and make a, a, a career out of cricket or out of sports, I suppose. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, um, obviously started my own business. And I just, for me, I felt like hockey players in general don't receive a lot of support. Um, you know, obviously the stuff that you guys are doing is fantastic. Um, but this is sort of, let's say, 2016. Um, I just felt like they didn't receive a lot of support. And, and I wanted to be a part of making them better athletes. Um, you know, for me, the biggest thing is keeping people injury-free. If you're injury-free, you can train, you can do the things that you love. Um, and I just felt that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and, and it's become my focus over the last, you know, three or four years. Um, so that is, yeah, that's my story in, in terms of hockey in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, and it's just something that I love doing every single day. Um, yeah, I'm, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And, and I mean, Shalom, would you would you say that uh, Strength Society, which is is your business, is is that uh, largely dedicated to hockey players, or is it open to to everybody? And what what can people expect from Strength Society? As a, in terms of a business, um, it's it's literally open to any and everyone. Um, yes, I would I would be lying if I said I didn't get a little bit more excited when there's a new hockey player that comes through our doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is is a big part of what we do. But at the end of the day, you know, we we, we are training, we are moving. So it is open to everyone. Um, when you walk into the gym, you can expect definitely good music. Um, and then just you're surrounded by people that want to train hard and progress and, you know, be better versions of themselves every single day. I think that's, you know, if you're improving by 1%, then I've done my job. Shiloh, you, I, I like how casually you mentioned, obviously, I started my own business. Uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And, and it certainly has been a, a success. Tell us a bit more uh, about the gym. Um, so I think, yeah, I'll go back to 2016. Um, I was sort of interning and slash working in another gym. And I, and I just, I just thought, you know what, if I want to crack it in this industry, I need to, or I want to be able to do what I want to do and what I believe in. Um, and, and those, like I mentioned earlier, those things for me are obviously staying injury free um, and, and just, just getting work done. Um, so I chatted to a good friend of mine. Um, we actually share a space. We've got a, a warehouse that we've turned into a gym and we spoke about things and he, and he is more CrossFit orientated. Um, so we literally decided let's share some space. Let's make overheads sort of easier on the both of us and share space. Um, obviously have designated areas and and go from there and i think i remember starting off with four or five just general clients and then just built from there like you know try to get into hockey try to find out and try to learn more every single day in terms of what what are people looking for what do people want um i think it helps having a sporting background um because again that is what something i'm really passionate about um so to you know, to, to make those movements and, and make programs that are specific to sport. It made my life a little bit easier having 
a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, that goes without saying. And I mean, how did the transition come from? I, I could imagine that someone in your position, the dream goal would would be be able to work with a national sporting team, and and that is of course what you do right now. I mean, how how did that come about? Um, I, I just to be honest, <laughs> I just rashed Lenny. Um, I just you know I just said to him, I was like, you've got these amazing athletes with with big dreams and big goals. Um, yes, hockey is important and playing and being on the court is important. But again, if if we can make someone 5 10% quicker, if we can manage their recovery and take care of the smaller things, the bigger things do tend to take care of themselves. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm big in terms of preparation and making sure you're in the right physical and mental state before going into a test or going into a series. Um, I think if, if you can tick as many boxes as possible, um, you know, you, you're then on the right track. And again, it's a little bit of cricket terminology. We talk about winning sessions in test cricket. And for me, you know, from the night before, for me, that's a session. And you go into breakfast the next day, that's another session. And if you can win those sessions, you're going to win the test match. I know it's a little bit of a cricket analogy, but that's the way I like to, to, to think of things, if that makes sense. Perfect sense to me. I mean, uh, you you speak fondly about your your cricketing days. I mean, I know you were a wicketkeeper. Uh, why? 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 Why would you want to be the person that has to catch every single ball and wear the pads? And, <laughs> I mean, um, I, th- I think I mean, you, you've you've seen and, know, and known me for a little while now, Joe. But I'm very, I'm very much sort of I've got a, a an ADD personality, so I like to I like to always be involved in things, and I just I definitely couldn't bowl. Um, <laughs> so I thought, well, how else can I be involved in the game? And, and then, you know, I thought, well, a wicketkeeper has to be involved. And, and that, was, that, was my, that was my thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I would have ever cracked it as a bowler, not, not by any stretch. And, and, I mean, okay, I mean, we, 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 we jest on crickets. I mean, obviously, Derek was a cricketer. I, I myself played cricket. I actually did keep wicket for... My first ever year, I think I was in, what, what was it then? Standard two. And then I broke my arm the following year, so I missed the whole cricket season. And then when I started playing again, there was a new wicket keeper. So I, I really actually didn't enjoy it. I just wanted to bat. Um, but obviously, hockey is hockey is the sport that, that we are talking about. It's a sport that's uh, brought us together to meet each other. And, and again, I mean, when you look at hockey players, obviously we, we know the, the plight of hockey players. They are not professional players. They are, you know, 99% of them have full-time jobs elsewhere. I mean, what, what impresses you about their approach to their, their fitness, um, maybe compared to some, some other sports people that you've interacted with? I, I often get asked the question of, you know, why didn't you – You've got a you've got a strong cricketing background. Why don't you work with cricketers? And uh, it's a simple answer: is like you just said, hockey players aren't being paid for what they do. It's purely passion. And for me, as a person, you know, if you show me that you're passionate and you want to work hard, I will invest as much time as I possibly can into you as a person, as a human being, and as an athlete. And I think that was the first thing that drew me back. I'd say back to the sport. And, and realize that, you know, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. With that, I think when you look at hockey, 
indoor, outdoor, you are, you're working at 100% of your work rate for a lot of the time. So as an athlete in a gym coaching you, you know, that, that excites me that you have the potential to work at that capacity for those periods. And again, you know, I go back to if I, if I can improve you by, if I can make your movements better, if I can, you know, make you a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, then that for me is, is, is making me happy. And I think just the, the physical demands of the game and, and having to think outside the box, because suddenly you have to balance, well, I've got a late hockey practice tonight and then gym tomorrow, but then I've got a full day of work. And, and how do you balance that? And, you know, putting those puzzle pieces together, I think that's, that's the thing that really sort of gets me going and, and, and seeing improvements, you know, from someone that has a day job that has hockey practice late at night and still doing a gym session. That for me is, is exciting. And that's what sort of, you know, gets me going at 4am every day. Well, and, and I don't want to get you in trouble with your customers, but uh, are there any specific hockey players that really stand out uh, as impressive oh. in terms of their work <laughs> ethic? <laughs> I don't know if you can put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have to bleep I'm, it out. <laughs> Look, I, I'm quite lucky in the sense that um, you've got your Donna Smalls, Jess Larden, Cindy Hack. Um, I think, you know, again, they have to be passionate and they have to want to get up and do this every day because they're not getting a salary for it. So I think you have to work hard. Um, and I think anyone that's in a provincial sort of national setup, you know, they inherently are putting in a lot of work. Um, and it's, it's the unseen hours that count the most for me. Mm, absolutely. I mean, look, obviously we, we're friends with a lot of those players here on the podcast, uh, you know, we, we, we've had Cindy Hack on twice and her work ethic at her age with two young kids is, is unbelievable. Jess Lawrence is a massive friend of uh, the Raider Media team and uh, more specifically our, our, our lockdown sports quiz. And again, you know, you, you just see these guys and, and I, I suppose it's a great thing for you. Um, they're in your gym a lot. They're doing your programs a lot and they're also sharing a lot of it on social media. So you're getting some good... Uh, some good business, business there. business exposure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And 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 that's what I said when you asked me what can people expect when they walk into the gym. You know, yes, obviously we're there to train hard, but it's also if if, if the lockdown has taught me anything, it's how important the community that you create around you and the and the people you're surrounded by, how important that is. And I think, you know, I know that I could have three dumbbells and a couple of bands. And, you know, just a simple roof over my head, but still creates that cool vibe. And, and you know, people want to be there. People want to train and work hard. And, and those are the things that I think are the most important. And you know, at the end of the day, yes, online training is training and it's cool, but I still believe that people need people. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you can be as motivated as you want. But if you, you're someone who isn't as motivated like, like me, then it becomes extremely tough to do things online. So that, that leads me to my next question, in fact, Shiloh, because there's no question that of the industry's hardest hit by COVID, yours was right up there. I mean, it must have been extremely tough uh, to have managed these extremely choppy waters. And on top of that, having to still manage your clients like, for instance, the the SA indoor hockey woman, and uh, I mean, what what was 
it is good in a way in the fact that you have a team that is so dedicated. And I know Tyron mentioned Cindy Hacker. She was very uh, prevalent on social media, highlighting how she was coping with in terms of her, her gym routine, etc. But uh, did, did you find it extremely tough in having to motivate the players to, to keep their fitness up and, and constantly update you as to how their progress was, was going? Uh, I, I think yes and no. I think the first, let's call it the first half of, of the hard lockdown, I think everyone was, you know, on the train of sort of home germs and, and, and doing stuff at home. But as the economy started to open up again, that became sort of less seen and, and, and people lost a little bit of motivation. And I think the biggest thing was because there was no sort of end date in sight. There wasn't like, a, okay, cool, on the 2nd of July, everything will go back to normal, if, 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 if that makes sense. Um, so, yes, it was. But again, you know, the, all of those girls in that national setup are really, really dedicated. And, you know, it is a big year for hockey still. Or the next 12 months is still massive. So there's always that goal. And, and you know, everyone is working towards that. So, yes, there might have been days where people fell off the bandwagon, but I think for those who know me, tomorrow is another day and you just get back, dust yourself off and, and, and get back on and start going again. Um, you know, you, at the end of the day, you are human and you're allowed to have a day where, you know what, I'm going to watch some series in my pajamas and that's going to be me. <laughs> um, for me, you know, again, it's, it's about balance um, and lockdown was tough 100%, but I think when you're working with a group that's as good as our ladies, um, it makes my job a lot easier. And Shiloh, Tyron mentioned that we've had Lenny on the show plenty, as we have had Cindy and a number of indoor hockey ladies. And there's no question they are of the most successful, if not the most successful national team that we have in South Africa, especially over the course of the last two, three years, given the results. I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at those numbers and, that must put a massive smile on your face because there's no question that you've contributed greatly towards that success. A hundred percent. And, you know, it makes, it makes me sort of feel proud every time I stand on the side of the field and sing the national anthem. Again, as a, as a kid growing up, I didn't think that it would be standing on the side of a field or on the side of, a, of an indoor court. In my head, you know, I thought it would be, you know, on a cricket field, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's always been something that I've wanted to do. And, and the fact that I get to do it now um, makes me proud every single time. I remember the first time it happened, it, got, it was just a goosebump type moment. Um, and it's something that I will never, ever, ever forget. Yeah. And tell us about that first time. Uh, you speak about not forgetting and, what was your introduction like to the team and, and the first event, the first match, the first game that you were involved in? I, I, I know I've spoken about it a lot. The, the first time that I was uh, kind of involved with the team when Ty and I went down to Durban last year for the Tri-Series uh, featuring Botswana and Zimbabwe as well as the SA Emerging side. And, I mean, I was just on the sidelines commentating and interviewing and, and it blew me away. Can you imagine being involved in that setup for the first time? must be a wholly different experience and one that, like you say, you will never forget. Yeah, and I think that's where I must, you know, hats off to hats off to Cindy. And I think 
Robin was our manager. They made me feel right at home. It was that series as well, that tri-series. Um, the girls were fantastic. Um, you know, there was there was none of this, oh, it's him and then us or any of that. Uh, straight away, everyone was super welcoming. Um, they made me feel like I was part of the team. Um, and, yeah, I think it was at, yeah, it was at Danville. Um I think there was, it must have been a full house against Zim. I think it was an evening game. Um, I was quite nervous, to be honest, because, you know, I like, I like doing things a little bit differently. Obviously, your warm up is, is pretty standard, but I like playing little games with the girls, just getting them to be a little bit sharper, um, get them to be competitive in a warm up. Um, and I don't know how people would react, but yeah, it was fantastic. And I haven't looked back since. Yeah, uh, uh, inshallah. I mean, obviously, I've seen one or two of those games. Um, you know, the whistle moving left and right. I've seen the girls do the like the freeze thing and then chase each other. It's, uh, you know, and what, what I also see is, I, I mean, even at a national team level where they are stressed about a game and pumped, you, you are creating an environment of fun for them uh, right before the whistle starts. Yeah, and I think that is important because... You know, there's some girls like Cindy and Jess O'Connor who have 100 caps. You know, they've been there, done that. They probably aren't as nervous as as a newbie like a Kayla Duvall. Um, so if you can try and get everyone to be relaxed, to feel, you know, as calm as possible, when that whistle does go, um, they're going to be making the right decisions because I'm sure both of you, having played sport, you would know that if if you're panicked and you're and you're uncomfortable, you're not going to make the best decision. Um, and it's it's a it's a split second, and sport can change, or a moment in a game, and and everything can change. So yes, obviously your body is important to get warm and to get moving, but it's also you know the mind um, to get your mind right before a test match. Yeah, and and you know we obviously you're speaking about the mind. You you came into a squad that. Uh, had I mean there was quite a few changes, but it was a squad that had dealt with uh, bitter disappointment with the African Cup in 2017, um, where they didn't lose a game but ultimately lost a shootout that uh, yeah. eliminated them. And I mean, since that they've gone on a, a remarkable run, a, a fantastic run of form. Um, then you know what? What have you found? Has have how have they been able to shake? that disappointment. Um, and, and I'm specifically talking about the more experienced players that played in that. Because subsequent to that, I mean, they've played some big teams across the world and they've beaten them. Yeah. Um, I think what always impresses me is, is their, their practice sessions. Um, it's very specific. It's to the point. So I think... I've always been a big believer in, in working hard in practice. Um, and in terms of a mental state with those girls, the big thing for me is, is it is still something that is spoken about. Often these things get swept under the carpet and, and no one likes to talk about it and no one likes to deal with it. But I think the only way to move forward is dealing with it. This is what happened. This is how we're going to move forward. And this is our game plan. And obviously the results, you know, the results speak for, for themselves. What's up? 
Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the other thing that, uh, you know, you and I sit in a similar situation there is that, uh, by all means and purposes, both of us are part of the, the greater squad. Uh, you more directly than me, obviously, because I still have to be able to tell the story a little bit more uh, uh, neutral. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, hockey is not a sport uh, that has tons of funding for the national team as, as much as SPA has been sensational uh, with the Indoor Women's team. It often means that you and I are, are the first names um, dropped off of the list uh, when it comes to a tour. Yeah, um, I think, again, you know, what what has been created in terms of a management team is everyone has their job and everyone has to go about doing their jobs the best of the ability. And I think because it ha- hockey is a sport that's not funded or, you know, besides your, your brilliant sponsors like Spa, um, I think going on tours it's it's difficult it is a difficult one um because suddenly you've then got your manager trying to trying to you know help out with the medical side of things and you've got someone like brighty um trying to run a warm up and it's it's something that's it's something that i think will need to be addressed going forward um i think everyone would like to see hockey being given the credit and the recognition that it does deserve um you know, because it is a sport that's being played by loads of kids around the country, male and female, and it's it's something that that has been growing and that is growing. Um, so, yeah, I think hopefully in the next few years we will see that change. You you speak about hopefully we will see it. Do you? Uh, is it more than hope? I mean, is there? Do you see a massive positive? Uh, future for hockey uh, in terms of that I mean I'm not talking about the sport in general we all know that we're a country that produces immensely talented players but uh, when it comes to money of course the the two of aren't great bedfellows and and we keep on saying that and we will continue to say it until money starts to flow in and you mentioned the likes of spa who have come on board which has been really really good but uh, from what you've seen conversations with people from fans, from players, from potential sponsors, uh, are we on an upward curve, or is the wait going to be a, a, a lot longer? I, I definitely think we're on an upward curve. If you look at, so I was at um, uh, USA last year, the university tournament. If you look at the standard of hockey um, at a tournament like that, then you look at something like a PHL. Um, you know, you look at obviously you have your IPT. And then you have teams like Switzerland and Ireland coming here on a tour. I definitely think it's on a it's it's on an upward curve. Um, if you look at university hockey, it's taken a lot more seriously. They have proper programs. Right now, if you're picking a university and you're a hockey player, you want to be at the best. And I don't think that was something. I know when when I was at school, it was not not something that I had ever thought of. Um, so I definitely think we're in, we're in an upward curve. There's there's cool initiatives like obviously PSI, which is massive. Um, so I definitely think we're on the right track. If I had to put a time frame on it, I definitely think you know we're looking at let's say five to to eight years where there'll be you know suddenly you can go okay, hopefully your top national players, yeah, you can make a living from this in this country. Um, 
again, I, I'm also a very positive person and I like to look at the, the glasses half full. So, <laughs> you know, I could be completely wrong, Derek. Um, I think time will tell, especially post-COVID. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that, that you are exceptionally positive and, and that clearly comes across in this interview. But uh, talk us through the, the, a day of an average SA indoor hockey player in terms of fitness. Uh, say one of your fitness sessions. I mean, what, what is the toughest exercise you put them through? Oh, um, so we, when they come into the gym, it's usually five to 10 minutes um, doing a, doing a warm up. Um, you know, if they have any niggles, I'll have a look at it. If we need to do any mobility work, we'll do that. Um, then they'll do a little warm up. Um, we have a something called an assault bike. Um, it's a combination between a normal spinning bike and I, I'd probably say a rower. So you have to use your feet as well as your arms. Um, and there's no like setting on it. You can't make it harder or <laughs> easier. The faster you go, the quicker you go and the slower you go, the obviously the slower, you know, the bike moves. So that's probably the hardest thing that I'd give to anyone, but it's also using that in combination. So like, for example, a 500, 500 meter sprint on the bike into a 500 meter run. Um, that I know people don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, coming from your sporting background, and and you said that you played hockey. Did you play a lot of indoor? No, no, no. Um, uh, not at all. Um, my my focus my focus was was outdoor, <laughs> um, and and cricket. And to be fair, at at Glenwood, um, I'm a Glenwood old boy. Um, we didn't really. There wasn't much focus on indoor. Mm. Um, it was mostly just outdoor and and cricket. Not much academics either. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so knowing knowing what you knew from from the outdoor perspective, and then coming into the indoor arena to, to coach. I mean, what was the different tactics at play from a fitness perspective? Um, did you have to focus on different things, or or was it much of a muchness? I, I'm quite lucky. I, I'm good mates with with Colvin Price and and um, and Michael Baker and. I pick their brains a lot in terms of what they are looking for, let's say for the perfect outdoor player, obviously physically and the perfect indoor player. So, so Colvin, Colvin helped me a lot in terms of trying to understand what he is looking for. Um, and obviously, you know, having a direct link to Lenny in terms of what he is looking for um, helps a lot. Um, there are big differences, body position. Um, the indoor court is a lot more taxing on the joints. So ankles, knees, um, as opposed to to you know an outdoor astroturf, um, and then with indoor hockey, girls are on for shorter periods, but they're working at a high intensity because the game is so quick. And that for me was probably the biggest difference. So often, if you're in in the gym or if you're doing a session with me and you're an indoor player, we will work at, um, especially if it's leading up to a series or a tournament, we will work at you know, close to 100% of your sort of maximum capacity for three, four, five minutes. Um, in the in the in the sort of last few months, I've been getting info from from Calvin and Lenny in terms of how they like to do their rotations. So, if let's use a Jess Lardent as an example, 
if he knows that she is going to go four minutes in the first chakra and two minutes at the end or something like that, whatever number, then we will, I'll gear the conditioning part of things to those timeframes um, and really try and get as specific as possible. Because at the end of the day, your gym work is a supplement to your hockey. And I mean, obviously with all the check going on, Shiloh, is there a future in coaching for you? Uh, I'm probably too nervous to be a coach. <laughs> I mean, we we go we we go one nil down, and I'm I'm panicking. So, you know what? <laughs> For me, analyzing the way someone's someone squats or analyzing the way that they run, looking at those movements excites me more than, you know, coaching or doing a, a session. So, I don't think so. Um, but I'm still 28, so maybe maybe time will tell. It's it's an interesting question from Tyron because I remember it wasn't too long ago Rob Walter who was involved with the Proteas. He was their fitness uh, coach. And the next thing, he became the Titans coach, the full-time yes. head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that was a bit of a surprise to many and outside of, of the inner circle because they do know that he's got a massive cricketing background as a player. And, and yeah. he, he went from strength to strength over there and he's currently now over in New Zealand. Uh, I think he's coach of the Otago side, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yes, I mean, yeah. it, it, it just goes to show that, yeah, it's not limited. I mean, if you are certainly involved in that space and you, you pick things up a hell of a lot more than just a coach who isn't there, say, for instance, and, and it certainly doesn't pigeonhole you in, in one way or the other. And, and, and Tyron, like you mentioned, um, yeah, there, there certainly is a, an opportunity for growth. But uh, yeah, for the, for the meantime, you, you're not throwing your hat in the ring just yet. And Le, Le, Lenny's happy with that side of things. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think if I'm not mistaken, Rob, the outdoor ladies coach also had a um, sports science background and then went into coaching. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, look, it's not, uh, I'll be honest, Jabu, it's not something I've, I've thought about. I just, I think I know myself fairly well as a person. And I can be quite panicky. So I don't know if coaching is the calling. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one. But for now, it's a, it's a definite no. Um, at the moment, I'm young enough to, to still keep those options open. And, and I, whenever I'm in a national setup or even a, a provincial setup, I'm, I'm just trying to soak in as much as possible and, and, and learn and ask questions um, and just yeah, soak up and you know better myself to, as an individual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, look, I, I look at it. I I think uh, it's the right mindset. You're learning from some of the greats in, in Lenny. I mean, Chicken is a fantastic coach. AJ has shown a, a great adaptability, and of course. Um, you know, you're also there alongside the likes of in, in recent tour, Select Damons, uh, uh, Brighty Mashaba, Robin Morgan, Bridget Key's been involved. So it's all yeah. people who are great hockey minds. And, and the more that you can consume, yeah, the, the better your fitness programs, the better your strength programs can become. But also, I mean, it's not to say that uh, all that exposure won't develop you as a coach and, and maybe. Maybe you'll get a, a call from Greg White to coach one of the Panthers PSI teams. <laughs> you never I know. know. I suppose... So, Greg, Greg, here we go. <laughs> Anything could happen. 
Shala will also umpire very happily. <laughs> That's one thing I definitely don't think I'll ever do. So, so I mean, I actually, uh, my involvement in the game, I mean, I was, I was a very average player, uh, pretty decent coach, but it was umpiring that I actually enjoyed the most because, uh, you know, you, if you understand the game, it's quite, it's quite lacquer, but it is a, a game that requires thick skin. I was once uh, umpiring a game in Eastern Gauteng. Uh, it was an Afrikaans schoolgirls uh, game between Eche Janssen and I think it was Goutrift. Uh, and uh, it was under-16 game and, and yeah, this girl just took a wild swing and took out the legs of an opposing, opposing player. And so, I mean, I had to, I had to give her a yellow card. And uh, when I called yeah. her over and gave her a yellow card, as she was walking off, she turned around, swore at me in Afrikaans, said, Derek, you wouldn't have understood. Um, <laughs> and uh, she then so happened to throw her stick at me, but like her hockey that day, she, she was completely off aim, missed by about a kilometre, um, and obviously got a red card for that. All of this happening, I mean, quite clearly none of that, even if I was uh, antagonising her, that's a red card for a, a player her father came to me after the game and he was this big guy who I think had maybe played as a lock forward in his life. And he started to scream at me from a dizzy height because I sent his daughter off, that I don't know the rules of the game, to which uh, the principal was actually at the school and, and turned around and I, I got lots of apologies and this this father was watching which car I got in, which was a little bit scary. But uh, yeah, just, just to say, all of that story is just to tell everyone who is an umpire, thank you. We appreciate you because we need, we need yeah, you. We do, we do uh, need umpires. Yeah, but that, that was a story that's not really relevant for today because today it's all about training and uh, <laughs> you know getting strong and fit and not throwing sticks at people. So kids listening, <laughs> don't throw your stick at someone. Rather take all that anger out on a big medicine ball, throwing it and working on your core strength. Uh, Shiloh, if you could give a youngster listening to the podcast uh, some advice, uh, wh- what would you say, let's say, maybe your top three tips to help them develop strength for the game of hockey? Uh, top three tips, so you've mentioned it already, core midline strength, work as hard as possible on that. Um, if you are investing in a coach, make sure you know the coach's background. Um Go to someone that you trust. Um, And then the last one would be make sure you are running correctly. A lot of injuries that I see just come from poor running technique. Um, And I think everyone, you know, you think it's sort of natural, but I promise you there are things that, like I said, a good coach can pick up that you've probably never noticed. Um, And it might not affect you now, but as you get older, as you develop, there are things that will creep into your game that can hinder your growth as a player. It's it's interesting yeah. you mentioned that. Sorry, Ty, Shiloh. You know, I, I played I played lock uh, in in rugby, and I wasn't the guy who, who chased after umpires, though. Not that type of lock. But <laughs> I, I I used to when I was growing up. Um, obviously, I jumped in the lineouts, and my coach used to say, "Listen, you need to try and get as much spring in your legs as possible." And he used to encourage me to to walk on my toes and bounce and bounce and bounce. And, and I used to do that all the time, like twenty four seven. And uh, a couple of years ago, I started running quite quite seriously. And uh, I mean, Ty used to join me often. And 
we'd be out on the road doing races. And uh, when I say seriously, I was social, but I wasn't part of a club, but I'd, I'd try and join every race that I could. And, geez, I'd be running and club members would run past me. I mean, you're talking about veterans of the sport doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. And then as they'd pass me, they'd look down, they'd go, Hukum, hatlop up your twinner. And, <laughs> and this would be nonstop. And, and I thought, okay, I didn't even realize that I was running strangely. And, and I tried to, to fix it. And, but I mean, you know what it is. I mean, if you've been doing something for 20 years, it's very, very hard to get out the habit. And, and, and that's been the case. And I, I mean, no one ever said to me, hey, listen, because also locks don't really run. So <laughs> I was never needed to do much of that. But, but it is amazing how, how the bad habits you pick up over the years can, can certainly affect you uh, it, it, the, the longer you do it. 100%. And, 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 and an example I always use is if you, if you break down running slash sprinting, if you break it down to what it is, it's a series of little jumps. And if you look at, at the way you know, you're coached to jump, there's so much time and effort put into that, but none into running. So, you know, for me, it's a no brainer. If you can run properly, we can get you quicker, but if we have to strip what you know or what you've done for the last 10 years, if we have to strip that back and start at the beginning, your improvements aren't going to be as quick. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, I, I'm ready for the dreaded one question quiz. Ty, anything from your side? Oh no. No, the only thing is that I, I want to change it, Derek. I don't want to call it the dreaded. I want to call it the anticipated. Oh, yeah. One anticipated. <laughs> I, I, I like the sound. Good word. I like the sound of that. Okay, so uh, I've got one here for you. Let me see what we've got. Okay, so Charlotte, basically from you, I want to know. You need to identify. So myself and Ty have got heavily involved in quizzes over the last couple of months because what else is there to do during lockdown? So uh, this has become our forte of late. I want you to tell me, uh, who is this person singing? The singer, and I need you to name the singer and the title of the song. Are you ready? Oh, Here we go. I am ready. Children play Seems like Any ideas? Before my time, hey? <laughs> Before uh, your time. Uh, I'm, I'm a 90s child. I think this is like, this must be like 70s, 80s? Uh, yeah, I think it's around the, the 70s, the late 70s. Do you have any idea, Ty? I was just saying to my wife, I went on to mute there just to say to her, I have no cooking clue. And I mean, and I know that you ask questions that are either related to the name or, or to stats or something like that. And I'm like, I still have no cooking clue. <laughs> okay, so the artist, Shiloh, is named Neil Diamond. So we all know Neil Diamond. Uh, yeah. He sings Sweet Caroline and all that stuff. Yeah. And the title of the song is called Shiloh. There we go. I would have never known that. I would have never, ever known that. I hope this will be your new ringtone. 
<laughs> I definitely think it's it's, it's going to be up there. I'm going to use that. Though. Yeah, claim it, claim that's, it. That's the song for everybody walking into Strength Society this week. <laughs> exactly. It's it's, it's going to go on the playlist 100%. <laughs> oh, man, Shiloh, it's been so, so good having you on the show. And, and it's such a, a refreshing angle to look at things. I mean, there's no disrespect to the players that we have or the coaches, but... Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the first time that we've had someone in your capacity, your involvement in the hockey arena, uh, be on the show, and, and it certainly won't be the last. So, yeah, thanks for for setting the standard and setting the bar so high, and we look forward to many, many uh, moments of success for yourself and, and the team in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, I must admit, when, when, when Jabu dropped me a message... Um, I was nervous, but this has been really, really awesome. Where's Jabu going? I keep doing that. I keep doing that thing where I, I start talking and I forget that I put myself on mute. <laughs> uh, um, because that is the 2020 catchphrase: "You're on mute." Um, That's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So obviously, it's it's for me. It's great to see how you've been involved with the team. It's great to see the level of fitness and more importantly for me to the level of strength uh, that has improved in the time that you've been with the team and also we're seeing less and less of those muscular injuries we obviously still get a few impact injuries or roll the ankle here or there but we're seeing less of the muscular injuries and I think that that largely comes down to obviously the players commitment but also the plans and programs you help put in place for them and we hope that you get the opportunity to get on a plane and go to the Indoor World Cup. Uh, hopefully, uh, we do get the opportunity to play the African Cup at some point. Um, but we know that no matter what, there will be a great program for the girls and you'll be there with them. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Rebel. That really does mean a lot. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure, like I said earlier. It's been a pleasure today. Uh, uh, quickly, before we go, uh, I've got to ask, you must be pretty happy with the rise as fitness as a sport. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, your partner having, your business partner having the, um, the, the CrossFit side of things. I mean, we've seen how, how that certainly has exploded in the international arena. Uh, it, it must put a smile on your face, the fact that fitness is suddenly becoming a, a sport in its own right. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, with especially the, this pandemic that we've just gone through, it's just highlighted how important it is to, to keep active, keep moving, um, and just do something every single day. It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be moving a ton of weight. And again, I always use this. If you, if you are improving by 1%, you're still improving. So as long as you're moving, you know, you're, you're on the right track. So it, it definitely does make me, make me happy. And I think it just builds a healthier nation and, and long-term it makes my job a little bit easier. And you, you must be encouraged as well with a sport like golf, which in the past was considered to be one of the most least strenuous uh, exercise that you can get. But I mean, Tiger Woods was uh, the first guy who, who kind of changed that thinking. And I mean, you look at the pros on tour now, the likes of Rory McIlroy, I mean, his upper body strength is immense. Uh, you've got Dustin Johnson, um, and, and Brooks Koepka, well, <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, that's, that's been amazing to see how, how golf has completely uh, revolutionized itself in terms of physiques, etc. hundred percent. And, and, you know, because, I mean, I, I'd like to think of myself as quite a patriotic South African, 
um, I, I follow the Sunshine Tour quite closely, and and I'm working with with a guy that's that's making his um, it's his debut season, and he is one of the hardest workers in the gym. And just you know, when I watched golf as a kid, you know they were you didn't really think of them as athletes, but you look again those names that you mentioned, um, and even locally on on our tours, guys are proper proper athletes. Um, and and I think that's why you're seeing lower scores and 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 more exciting golf, um, because they are putting in the work into into the body and into the mind, um, which is which is paying off. Well, I know we said we'd wrap it up earlier, but I just wanted to bring in golf to segue to the fact that next time Ty and I are in town uh, on the coast, so we'll definitely be be taking on the golf course, and you'll be taking our money. How's that? I like the sound of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting Lenny in my team and he's keeping score. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm out. <laughs> Shana, thanks so much, man. Great chatting to you. And yeah, we hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thanks again so much for having me, guys. And keep, keep doing the awesome things you're doing for hockey. I know I can speak on behalf of players, umpires, coaches. Everyone does appreciate everything that you guys are doing. So thank you. Uh, the thanks is all ours, bro. Promise you. <laughs> Cheers, Charlie. Have a good day, man. Cheers, guys. Speak soon. Yeah, great chat there, Derek. And uh, again, just uh, another person whose uh, life is based around hockey and just shows that the game of hockey may have this uh, reputation for not having money, but it's definitely got a lot of soul. Uh, it really, really does, uh, man. Uh, a, a great community, and and we keep on singing the same song over and over and over, and rightly so. Great people, uh, a great community, and yeah, it it is just one massive family. Yeah, and and we are a part of it. So uh, this is hockey, the podcast. We are part of hockey, the family, and. Uh, We'll, we'll keep going as long as you keep listening. Yeah, brilliant. Ty, thank you so much, man. We'll uh, chat soon and I'll see you on the golf course tomorrow. We're off to Serengeti. Yeah, it's going to be a, a cracker. I'm looking to uh, drive the ball 400 meters <laughs> after three shots. <laughs> yeah, and then, then have another 400 to go. Cool. Cheers, yeah. Ty. Chat soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.